Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now, newly elected John Fleming, Dr. John Fleming, treasurer for the great state of Louisiana, and is, um, joins us. Uh, Doc, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Norman. Uh, great to be with you this morning. So, uh, John, congratulations on your election. Happy New Year to you. Um, I was joking about the governor moving the inaugural uh, address and uh, and everyone being sworn in from Monday to, to Sunday. He was batting a thousand on decisions because, as it turns out, it was a wise choice. Yeah, definitely, because uh, we did get quite a bit of rain on Monday, as expected. Not as bad as what we had feared. Uh, but, yeah, it was a beautiful ceremony uh, for those who may have been there or seen it on TV. It started out, of course, in daylight. We had the F-35 um, uh, uh, flyover. And uh, then uh, we had uh, it turned dark, of course as the sun went down and we had a fireworks display. So uh, it was really an awesome event. Absolutely. It was something that you don't typically see at an inauguration, fireworks, and it was really beautiful getting to see that over the river and watching the sunset in in the West. It was really uh, a, a nice touch, and as one of the commentators said, it was very cinematic, uh, and I think that is an appropriate description of saying uh, you come into office, uh, there is roughly um, a couple of billion, if not $3 billion of uh, fund balance surplus, however you want to refer to it. I know that your primary uh, obligation is the steward of the finances of the state of Louisiana. What do you see as your biggest challenge coming in? Well, of course, uh, the treasurer has no direct authority over the budget itself. Uh, that's purely the governor and the legislature. But, um, you know, th this state, uh, as you well know, as everyone knows, has really in many senses been in a state of decline for years. Our infrastructure is in poor shape. Uh, we've lost company after company. Uh, jo good jobs are moving out of the state. So I, th I think uh, for the state itself, the biggest challenge is how we bring companies, commerce, jobs back, and how we take down the barriers that are preventing those. Uh, we're losing population, which is very unique, not only in the country, but actually uh, in the southeast. Every state around us is growing population while we're losing it. And as you know, we've lost two congressional districts in modern times because of population loss. And we're in danger of losing another one in seven years if we don't turn this around. You know, oftentimes 
when I speak, I ask the audience, how many know young adults who have left the state for opportunities elsewhere, typically Texas? And just about every hand goes up every time. Uh, so a lot needs to be done. Uh, but I see the challenges not to just to be budgetary, but actually to be how we grow our budget, our economy, and our, our jobs in the state of Louisiana. It's interesting that you talk about population loss. I was uh, reading a um, publication the other day that addressed the 10 fastest declining cities in the United States. Louisiana had two cities in that top 10. Number two of the fastest declining was New Orleans, and number 10 was Baton Rouge, the two largest cities that we have in the state of Louisiana, which is telling. Well, definitely. I mean, look, uh, New Orleans is the marquee city of our state. I mean, it's the big attraction from around the world, and it's sad what has happened. Uh, People are afraid to go to New Orleans uh, either to live or um, to visit uh, because of the high rate of crime there. And so uh, we've got – in fact, you know, I'm from a little town in north Louisiana, Minden, but whenever someone asks me, well, where's Minden? Is it outskirts of New Orleans? And I say, well, no, it's not. But that's how New Orleans-centric the world thinks of Louisiana. And so it's incumbent upon us to rebuild, to build back up the the fantastic reputation of the premier, uh, really, destination of the world for people to visit with all the history And the World War II Museum, as you know, is a huge attraction. There are many things that go with it. But we have got to get our crime cleaned up there. And, again, bring back some of those Fortune 500 companies that we've lost in recent years. What specifically do you feel that your office can bring to the table to address what you just outlined about a shrinking population, trying to grow a more robust economy, kind of think differently. I mean, you're the steward of the funds, right? You invest the funds. You sit on right. as chairman, if my memory serves me correct, at the Louisiana State Bond Commission, um, you know, in that role. Any other uh, roles that you, you think that you play and what can you bring to the table? Well, um, yes, uh, a lot of the current legislature, as well as the governor, I've been friends with these folks for many years. I know them well. We're very like-minded in how we want to approach the economy. And so while, again, I may not have certain statutory authorities, hopefully I can influence them uh, to look inside the budget and see how we can make the budget work for the country, uh, particularly the state of Louisiana, of course. And um, so we plan to to really have a very outward-facing department and one that connects closely with the legislature and the uh, governor. And where where I would like to go is let's find out the best practices. What states around us, what have they done to reduce the burdens on businesses so that businesses flourish? And why can't we implement some of the good things they've done? Uh, I'm told by many companies, and, and I own companies myself, have for many years in Louisiana, that there's just certain tax burdens and regulation burdens that need to be removed. 
in order to uh, attract more companies and grow companies here. And um, so I want to compare notes uh, with, with these good folks and let them uh, begin by pulling down some of the unnecessary taxes and perhaps replacing them with other sources of revenue that are going to be uh, sort of growth-minded. And, you know, uh, more and more states are going to a no personal income tax status, and I think that's something that Louisiana needs to look at as well. We've heard this same discussion, though, points administration after administration after administration, and uh, we seem to never really come to grips with it. I mean, we also happen to be a state that offers somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 to $6 billion in tax exemptions for all kinds of things, some tax exemptions going back to the to the late 1950s. Um, you know, and it, I, I've always said that there needs to be a balance. What you just described was a balanced approach, but we never get there. Uh, special interest group, right. other influencers kind of moving the needle. Things get bogged down. You know the legislative process better than I do. Things get bogged down in the legislative process, and we never seem to come out uh, of that being able to really move the needle. That's true, and what what we have is we have preferential tax treatment, which kind of creates a checkerboard of uh, benefits for some but burdens for others. And what we need is something that's much more uniform and across the board, and that's really uh, puts us in a growth mode. Uh, I often give the example of the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act brought by President Trump, and uh, the studies have been completed now, and they show that with those tax cuts across the board, uh, it's generated far more revenue than what we were receiving uh, under the previous uh, tax structure. So we, I think we need something similar to that, a reform of our tax system and regulations that uh, are going to be across the board and not just a patchwork of preferential treatment for certain special interests. I think that's been a serious problem for our state for many years. Um, the governor has called a special session, uh, obviously redistricting that. Um, I know that, you know, you've uh, had your eye on that uh, before and, and as you're in serving in your previous role, serving in Congress and otherwise. Um, I was kind of surprised that the call was a lot more robust and wide ranging uh, than what I anticipated it to be. Your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, the the uh, the call. What what are you referring to, Foreman? The governor's call for the special session on redistricting. He, there's a number of other things in there: campaign finance, uh, closed primary system, a lot of other issues separate and apart right. from just redistricting. For sure. you know, under the court mandated for Congress, also included right. the Supreme Court. Uh, and right. that special session, as you well know, because um, you're intimately aware of the process, is not that long. <laughs> it seems to yes. be a, a lot on the table, a lot to chew on, and not really a lot of time right. for the public to render an opinion as to where they stand on some of these issues. Right. Well, I think there are two things going on simultaneously, Norman. One is, as you know, the, the court mandate that we uh, redo our map. Uh, that really goes back to 2020 and 2021 based on a case that involved Alabama, 
uh, demanding that there be more than one in their case, and, and that would apply to us too, uh, minority majority district, congressional districts. And that has to be addressed immediately. Otherwise, we'll have a, a judge someplace who will actually draw the map for us. So that's, <clears throat> that's an emergency that we've got to take care of. But number two is there are a lot of reforms that have stacked up in in the uh, opinion of many of us Republicans, conservative Republicans, during the previous administration that just never got through, and now we have the ability to push them through. So I, I think that we have two reasons to have a special session, and I would expect that this one will be extended, um, and if not extended, that we'll have a, another one very soon afterwards. So uh, there's a lot that's going to happen I would say, in my opinion, in the next six months when it comes to legislation that's going to be passed, much of it has been bottled up, pent up for years that we desperately needed as a state that you're going to be seeing uh, coming through very rapidly. But but again, um, just to reiterate, we've got to fix our map. We've got to somehow uh, meet the expectations and requirements of the uh, Supreme Court, uh, who's weighed in on this uh, very important issue. Yeah. What types of reforms would you be referring to? Well, <clears throat> economic reforms. I, th- I think the two biggest problems facing the state right now is the loss of commerce, which has resulted in the loss of jobs, which has resulted in the loss of population. I think that's job one. But close to it and maybe at the same level is – is um, is fighting crime. We need to get, uh, you know, the murder rates and the theft rates and, the, uh, you know, the carjackings and all of that stuff down to a level that it once was that was uh, uh, that that the public felt reasonably safe. But uh, right now, uh, particularly in our major cities like New Orleans and Shreveport and Baton Rouge, uh, people oftentimes don't feel safe and they're ready to leave pack up and go someplace else where they do feel safe. So those are our two areas of, of, of course, major, major reform that we need. There are some issues with education. I won't can, I ask you a, a, yeah. can I ask you a question on that? Do you think there's the appetite in the legislature to appropriate the dollars necessary to do so? You know, I served 40 years in law enforcement, and it's easy to talk about criminal justice reform and you know, or if you want to have truth in sentencing, longer sentences, whatever. Um, but but flip side is is you got to fund it, you got to finance it, you got to build more jail space, you got to build more appropriate type of jail space, and then you got to man it. And in today's climate, that's really really difficult. In fact, um, the Police Executive Research Forum just released a study that. All of these enhancements going up to $75,000 signing bonuses, increased salaries, some as high as six-figure salaries for starting officers, hasn't really moved the needle uh, in in hiring yeah. people. Um, well, I, so, I mean, you know, it's in, 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 you know the, philosophically, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with you, but I just don't, I'm not hearing much as to how we're going to operationally carry this out and how do we get to a successful conclusion. Right. Well, um, while I uh, in strong support of adequately providing compensation and benefits to our law enforcement officers, 
and having a robust team, I don't see that as the problem. I see the problem is district attorneys uh, who are unwilling to enforce the law. And I also see the problem as uh, mayors who cut the budgets and so forth, even when there's money to do it. So uh, I think the problem is, is above the law enforcement level. I think officers across the country, and of course, L.A. and San Francisco are two excellent examples of this, but I think we see this in Louisiana as well, is when you're passing laws that, in essence, legalizes theft and stealing, uh, that takes away enforcement powers by uh, law enforcement, then you're just simply going to have more crime. And so I don't see officer pay as the main issue here, although it is an issue and should be addressed. I don't see that as the main problem, personally. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this ultimately uh, plays out. I mean, I, you know, I, and I say this all the time, and I know that you would appreciate it. You've been around a long time. You campaign in poetry and you govern in prose, and it's it's a lot harder to kind of move the needle operationally and from a policy perspective um, than otherwise. Um, you know, and it, it was the same fallacy and downfall of criminal justice reform where we were going to take savings and we were going to do and fund and finance alternatives to incarceration but we never were able to connect those dots and we don't we haven't achieved any evidence-based outcomes that we can judge the effectiveness and efficacy of many of these programs and and well you know again my my opinion is on criminal justice reform and i know President Trump, who I worked for for four years, was a supporter of some level of criminal justice reform. But ultimately, study after study shows that um, the softer you are on crime, the more crime you're going to have. There's a a direct relationship with that. And uh, what I do support is that people who may have drug problems, drug addiction problems, or, or other problems, we offer them uh, you know, ways of rehabilitation. But if they don't pursue it, then, you know, there's always, of course, incarceration available for that. But I think we've reached a state uh, across the country, hopefully not so much in the South uh, currently, but across the country, and especially in California, that we just simply give up on people that once they have drug addiction problems or uh, they have, uh, you know, some sort of severe mental illness. We just allow them to 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 live on the street and do nothing for them. Um, we really should, I think, be much more involved with our citizens who are in trouble, up to and including those who commit crimes. Need to be incarcerated and they need to be punished, and in the process rehabilitated. And somehow, as a country, we uh, we've gone from criminal justice reform to just simply giving up on humans and that's something i think we need to revisit point well taken i really appreciate you joining us john fleming Uh, congratulations on your election as treasurer of the state of louisiana and look forward to talking to you in the future as well thanks so much no i appreciate you my friends all righty that's uh john fleming state treasurer for the state of louisiana we'll be right back folks stay with us this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 